0: Hello, and welcome to this special L.A. edition of the Low Key Podcast, episode 33. This episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates a nut butter that's rich, organic, and creamy with flavors like chocolate, maple, vanilla, and hazelnut. And if you have a sweet tooth, try They're peanut butter cups, which come in white chocolate and dark chocolate. So go to Chuston's and get a tasty treat. Now, without further ado, Solid Coffee Roasters, featuring my friend Sam. It's nice. It's easy. It's low-key, baby. Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I am here with Daniel Cam from Solid Coffee Roasters. How you doing, man? Good, great. I'm I'm loving the shop, loving the atmosphere here. The environment's really cool. So and I'm excited to be in LA because um, LA is just awesome. It is. Um, so tell me, tell me what got you into coffee?
1: So it's a long story because we actually started as a wholesale label roaster almost four years ago uh, and in my previous uh, well currently and even in my previous life uh, I heavily in manufacturing and production and okay. I own a commercial printing company and so uh, a friend of mine overseas wanted to use coffee as a mechanism for fundraising and he was based in Asia okay but his support was coming from the U.S. And so, to make a long story short, I opened my big mouth and said, well, why don't I just roast coffee for you? At the time, I didn't have any coffee roasting experience. I thought that it was a much simpler process than it actually is. But one thing led to another and decided to actually pursue the coffee roasting business, not to not to compete with the big box retailers uh, out there, but to really provide a platform and a mechanism for specialty coffee to be used as a fundraising mechanism.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, In doing research, it didn't seem like there was many, if any, specialty coffee roasters that focused on a fundraising platform. Uh, there was oppor- there were opportunities for people to buy and private label coffee, but there was always minimums. Uh, the coffee shops were always more interested in the coffee more than the mechanism. Yeah. And in my background um, with commercial printing, we do a lot of printing for organizations and companies uh, that need to raise money and, and do fundraising. Okay. And so uh, I knew a lot of the challenges for that. And I thought coffee would be a perfect opportunity to use as a mechanism. Uh, and so a little tidbit uh, is we had coffee was able to have a great shelf life. Um, okay. We had uh, we put the roaster in my printing facility, and so we were able to do private labeling in house and design, print, roast, bag, and fulfill all in a day. And so. Understanding the logistics of all that and having it all under one roof probably had a competitive advantage over any other Coffee roasting company that didn't have that Didn't have that experience or resource So that's still something to this day that we have uh, that is unique I don't know how many other commercial printers have a roasting company as well (laughs) under one roof So that's that's an area of how we got started Solid coffee uh, was doing wholesale and private label roasting on demand
0: uh, four years ago. That's cool. That sounds like a really awesome journey. So, kind of, kind of take us through a little bit more too of the journey and some hardships and struggles that you, you, you personally had in being in making of um, solid coffee roasters. Yeah. So we
1: were very content with where we were. We uh, had a great model. Uh, the, the model that we set up was, is called Brew Our Coffee, and it's still up and available today. Um, I really wanted to eliminate all the hurdles for a revenue-generating platform. Yeah. Um, in other words, a, fun, a fundraising platform. So there's literally no costs. There's no upfront costs. There's no setup fees. There's no royalty fees. There's no printing costs. There's no web hosting costs. Literally nothing is... Uh, charged upfront. Okay. Uh, you get your own uh, website, uh, customized to your brand. Nothing's as solid on it. You can pick from any one of our beans. Um, when your customer orders from your website, the money actually goes to you. We get the order, we roast. Obviously, we have your labels and bags designed already. Yeah. Uh, bag and fill and ship directly, drop ship it to your customer. So. Ultimately, the person or company or organization just collects money and sells coffee online. And uh, we invoice our customer the month after, um, based on a tiered volume pricing, which you cannot find any better pricing out there um, to this day, especially with no cost, no minimum cost. There's literally no minimum orders. So we've really developed a really slick system to really help and benefit organizations. So we were really happy doing that system for three years. And um, there weren't a ton of challenges per se, except because it was in my printing company, we just were growing at a pace where we needed to expand a little bit. And the number one question that we would always get, as you maybe can imagine as a wholesale online roaster, uh, was, what does it taste like? Yeah. So our natural go-to is send out sample packs, and then you leave it up to the customer to brew it incorrectly or use pour water, whatever it is. Um, so you get really mixed feedback or uh, there's a disconnect from the customer ultimately because you're just not present. Yeah. And so, the, the the cross-section of us growing and needing to connect with the customer as well as needing more space at the shop um, and um, some changes with the city permitting. Uh, we just needed to look for a new space for our roasting facility. Okay. And so we weren't in a rush. We weren't uh, really pressured by anything. Uh, so we started looking and uh, we found the current spot that we're in, uh, which seems to be a gem of a spot. Um, it's in a non-discreet, Um, what's in a hidden strip mall, but we have a unique spot where we have our own frontage and decent space and tons of parking. And uh, rent is favorable. So we decided to uh, move the roaster here and roasting operations here. And initially our thought was to not do retail. We uh, never really had any intention to do retail. We were very happy doing wholesale providing that service remotely. But again, we were in a retail uh, environment. And one of our long-time customers was uh, uh, getting out of the coffee business uh, for various reasons. And they basically gave us their brand new equipment for pennies on the dollar. So we actually sat on the equipment for almost a year, just because we didn't have retail plans. so we finally moved here while well, we said, well, if we're going to roast, we might as well set up copy coffee, a bar, so people can taste it. And um, one thing led to another and said, well, if we're going to do that, we might as well make it look nice. And so, yeah, it is what it is today. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of uh, the journey of transitioning from purely wholesale to the retail environment. Right? We still have a healthy wholesale account base, uh, which has been nice so that it helps pay the bills and keeps things running. We're not depending on the first cup of coffee every month that pays to pay the bills. And so um, it's a nice little mix that we have. uh, And in this area, the Cerritos, we're technically in the city city of Artesia, um, considered the Cerritos Artesia area. Uh, There's not another coffee roaster in a five, 10 mile radius. Mm -hmm. Um, Long Beach has some great coffee. There's some commercial and industrial coffee roasters up in the Whittier Santa Fe Springs area. Um, And there's some good good coffee shops, but just in our general area, there really isn't any specialty coffee shops um, that roast their own coffee. And so, that being said, we thought it might be a good spot just to camp out and make our headquarters. And so far, People have been very receptive to it, and, mm. and having a very good flow of people, and um, so yeah, it's kind of the journey to get here.
0: Okay, that's really cool. I'm I'm glad it's a good little spot. It seems almost low key, you could say. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, can you can you tell us what personally makes you passionate and motivated towards coffee? Yeah. I think
1: I'm, I was, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a complete coffee geek, I'm definitely not a coffee snob. Um, I think I, as a businessman, um, I recognize that coffee is um, a great commodity and a great resource to connect people. It yeah. is the second most traded commodity in the world, second to mm-hmm. oil. And uh, yeah. coffee is a universal drink slash food item. And so, um, I think the opportunity to use coffee in, in different ways has been um, has been great. And I think that's that's been the driving force for the coffee. Um, I don't want to offend any of the truly specialty coffee. Aficionados, yeah. uh, we're not trying to um, disgrace or you know degrade the quality of the coffee at, at all. I think we're trying to find that strong balance between um, sourcing, roasting, brewing, serving excellent specialty coffee,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: as well as really investing in the people. And my background has been doing a lot of work in leadership development really be focusing on people development yeah and so our little mantra here is we love coffee but we love people more yeah and so the driving force behind what we're doing here is um, at like when we started with the wholesale is we want solid to be a platform for others Mm -hmm. so whether it's um, whether it's using the the brew our coffee or wholesale platform so that someone else can make money um, or Employing sixteen to twenty people to have a platform to learn to grow to have an employment um, is really the the point of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think there there may be other coffee companies out there that um, place more importance on the product um, of coffee, which is respectable and 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 it's fine. Um, We're trying to. Find that balance where we still honor um, and do coffee with tremendous excellence, but really, if we had to had a gun to our head, we'd say people matter more. Yeah, and our team matters more. Our customers matter more, um, and and everyone that we impact and we can bring together and touch matters more than the coffee at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, coffee's not a very far second. It's neck and neck, if not right after that. Um, but we want to make a clear distinction that people over coffee. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a differentiating fact about us. Yeah. Um, where the true coffee people may say, oh, well, they're not really that serious about coffee, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, we've invested a tremendous amount of resources into roasting and staffing and training and whatnot. And so uh, we're. Definitely not taking any shortcuts on the coffee side. Yeah. Uh, but we're putting as much, if not more, resources into the people, into um, developing our team, into training our team, um, and, and really caring and loving our team. And that's really kind of the the point. And, yeah. and a little known, um, a little unknown fact, maybe that's unusual as well, is. Um, my partner and I, uh, this is more of a passion project for us okay. um, where we aren't taking any money out of the company. We're trying to walk the talk of really investing in people. Yeah. And so um, when we are running and trying to manage the company, yeah. nothing is coming from a posture of we have to make profit for myself it's it places a lot of ownership on to the the team and to the staff that um, any Mm -hmm. money that is made is good for everyone yeah Um, and the owners are not pocketing a dime and so that's that's the posture that we have that we're um, we 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 walk the talk in in that regards and 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 i get it some some coffee shops can't run that way the owners have to operate as well yeah Um, we're fortunate that we have other sources, other you know, types of income and work and that we can do this. And so that's kind of why we're, we really desire Solid to be a platform yeah. uh, for people.
0: That's awesome, that's good. Because the, the, the science and the, the nerdiness, it's, it's great. You know, the art of coffee and stuff is great. And and I think it's a great thing, but I think if you want to make money, you have to like care about your customers and people. Right. So, um, What is it is it is working at a coffee shop for you different than what you thought it would be?
1: Well technically I don't work too much here. I feel like I work here a lot. Um, But it's I grew up doing a lot of work. I grew up uh, working in print and coffee shops. I worked in cafes and restaurants. Yeah. Um, So doing the work is not a problem. I'm actually very meticulous and I feel for most of my companies I probably pick up more trash than anyone else that Mm -hmm. I know because that's all I'm looking at I'm always looking at the floor picking up trash so I don't mind doing the work I I don't mind washing the dishes I don't mind any of that work Um, and I I enjoy it I I like the the high amount of activity and and interaction with customers and really Making a customer smile and, and serving them. I think mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my my posture has always been to serve others. Yeah.
0: So that's really cool. Is there is there any any roastery or coffee shop that that has inspired you guys personally? Um, I think
1: you know, starting off uh, <laughs> three four years ago, I again I wasn't in the coffee. Yeah. business, so I didn't pay attention to coffee, specialty coffee for that matter, I was
0: yeah,
1: you know, a little bit ashamed, But you know, I was a Starbucks guy, and... That's okay, we got to um, start
0: somewhere, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, you know, so I, I wasn't paying attention to specialty coffee, and the differences, okay. and the nuances um, you know, four years ago, I didn't, I kind of knew what a pour-over was, and I just knew that it was something that Starbucks did when they didn't have something on tap and they would ask if I wanted to pour over and it yeah. seemed weird um, and that was four or five years ago um, and so I I didn't know and I I know a tremendous amount more now uh, but I think the inspiration didn't come from trying to emulate or be like another coffee roastery because we just didn't know any yeah. four years ago we started I again when I opened my big mouth for four and a half years ago and I said to my friend I'll roast coffee for you I literally thought it was um, a simple go on eBay look for a coffee roaster yeah. oh it's five thousand dollars put it on your counter roast some beans sell roasted beans how hard can it be yeah um, obviously it's very much <laughs> different than that yeah. uh, you know it, I was doing it from a lens of manufacturing um, and didn't have the posture of actually sourcing coffee and the whole supply chain that it is and it's if you think about it it's not super different i am a commercial printing company and so uh even as we source paper Mm -hmm. um, ink is is different it's more of a it's a different thing but sourcing paper has the same type of environmental impact it's uh, obviously a lot more commercialized a lot more manufactured with mechanical we're not hand-picking paper pulp or yeah making paper but there's still environmental and forestry impacts that we're we take into consideration on the printing side. Um, but you know, I was thinking, you buy blank white paper, you print it on our printing presses, and you sell printed paper. How hard can it be? You buy yeah. green beans and you roast it and sell it. Um, so obviously, that that transition going in with that ignorance, you know, I'm. Um, it's it's a little embarrassing to say that that's kind of where it came from. But I'm a quick learner and realized that roasters aren't a few hundred dollars, they're much more than that, um, and it requires a much um, well-trained and experienced roaster that not can just push push buttons, but really has a good palate, has a good understanding of roasting and coffee. Yeah. Um, so we went up that, that learning curve pretty quickly, um, and in that process we did meet quite a few coffee shops uh, um, here in Southern California. And so um, and we, we have a lot of friends now, um, but it, it didn't come from, oh, we want to be like X, Y, and Z. It yeah. was figure it out, build the build plane while you're flying it at the same time. And again, the model that we had was how, what's the best mechanism that we can deliver mm-hmm. for a customer mm-hmm. and n- not focus so much on the product initially. Um, I know that people may disagree with that, but that's just from the business perspective. We wanted it to make sense financially for our customer who needs to make money Yeah. more than, hey, spend all your time talking about the coffee as, you know, I, I think the, the best example I can give is if you're familiar with school fundraisers, kids are selling frozen cookie dough. Gift wrapping paper, chocolate candy bars. I'm about to. Does the per- does the person buying all those things are they doing all the research about where the cookie dough is coming from? Is the dough sourced? Is it organic? Is it yeah. from is it non-GMO? I mean, maybe some people are, but for the most part, it's really cookie dough, chocolate bars, gift wrapping paper, <laughs> whatever it is, um, and you just buy it for fundraising. It's a mechanism. Someone gives 20 bucks and gets something. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's margin in there that schools and organizations use to raise money. So why can't that be for coffee? And why can't coffee be leveraged leveraged and used in a greater capacity? Because how many cookie dough boxes can you go through in a month or a year? Um, How much chocolate can you eat? Uh, Or, not that can you eat, but would you buy? But if people are buying coffee every other week, every month, uh, why don't they use that as a fundraising tool? So that's that is that was and is the model, and it still works. Um, and We provide that mechanism that I don't believe anyone else does in the same way that we do. Yeah. So that's the biggest difference of trying to tell both of those stories of the business model as well as. We realize it's a difficult job because at the end of the day, we still need to tell the story of coffee. We still need to tell people specialty coffee. We still need to have people taste it. We still need to rise to the uh, level of excellence with, you know, roasting, sourcing, roasting, and brewing a good cup of coffee. And yeah. so it is a tough uh, challenge to continually sell both, um, so that's, good. that's kind of where we're at. You can, you can as well. You can be lowkey. It's free. Like, like, no. Nope. We had a, a we had a mom, a stay at home mom in Chino, found us on Twitter four years ago, literally out of nowhere, and she's she emailed and said, "This seems too good to be true." What's the catch? It's literally no catch. Set up. She got set up in, in a, within a week. And she was doing fifteen hundred dollars net in her pocket a month. Didn't even touch a bag of coffee. She wasn't even that great of a mommy blogger. She would talk, she would blog about coffee. She would sell some to her friends. And based on our model, she was moving anywhere from a hundred to one hundred fifty bags of coffee a month, and making a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month on coffee. And her husband called me couple months later and was like what is this this who does this and I said, we do you're not They're like there's no monthly fee so sometimes because there's literally no minimum order and I know it's I keep saying it because people don't understand that we're not charging anything people constantly think that there's some sort of catch if you had a slow month and decided to go on vacation and not sell coffee and you only sold one bag of coffee we'd invoice you for one bag of coffee if you didn't sell any, you wouldn't even see, hear from us. Not great on a customer service side, obviously, that's not what I'm saying, but you wouldn't pay for anything that you don't sell through your site. Um, so unless you're giving away coffee that you're ordering, you're, you're in the black from the first bag of coffee you sell. Give me another fundraiser that you can do that by being in the black on the first thing that you sell. Normally, it's the old adage, it takes money to make money. The perfect example is t-shirts. If you want to sell t-shirts for a fundraiser, you gotta go buy a hundred t-shirts. Yeah. The problem with that is you can only make as much money as you have inventory. So if you had a hundred t-shirts and you're gonna make 10 bucks on it, you can only make a thousand bucks. That's a max. The problem is, out of the thousand dollars, you make profit. To continually raise more and more money, you're gonna dump that back into buying more t-shirts or mugs or pens or something, other product. And what do you turn into? You turn into a retail shop slinging stuff. And you then detract away from just pushing your mission, your cause, your fundraising goals. And again, you're stuck in the rat race of inventory. Whereas our model, you have no inventory, you have no overhead, you have no upfront costs, no recurring costs, nothing. So, you can set up a coffee shop, lowkey.burcoffee.com, sell coffee, and anyone that finds coffee on your site, you just sit there and collect money. It doesn't have to be for a cost. It could be for your own pocket. It could be for your gas money. It could be for whatever you want. Um, And, um, yeah, it could fund your trips. It could buy new equipment. It could do whatever you want. Um, It has your label on it. You can literally print the design, whatever you want. So, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a thought. It, and That's it costs no money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the question for me is, you know, that that baffles me is why why don't more people just sign up and do it? Yeah. Because it costs enough. We're we're paying all of the design, printing, uh, hosting costs, all the soft costs in between to manage that. We're paying for all of that. Oh. Uh, we really believe in the platform so and we priced it in a way in terms of the actual coffee costs in a way where it's a tremendous margin for the person selling it wow so i mean there's still, still the realities of shipping costs and paying for the actual beans but other than that there's i mean the risk that we take is we do all the work to set up a coffee shop and they sell two bags of coffee and then we're out hundreds of dollars yeah so um, that's the risk we take so we try and we you know we try and bet customers and encourage them to actually utilize the platform because it's only for their benefit
0: yeah Yeah. that's really cool my mind was just blown (laughs) do you uh do you have a personal favorite like brew method at all by any chance or favorite region that you love to get coffee from um I, I enjoy the variety
1: of things. I love trying new things, um, and so we, so when we started Solid, um, a little known fact is I have a lot of family in São Paulo, Brazil, and I just so happened to be in Brazil um, when we before we started Solid, and um, talking with some family down there, and we had a lot of connections with. Um, coffee farmers and roasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, ma- my family is on the cacao um, Processing side. Okay, uh, so they own a chocolate factory like Willy Wonka in Brazil <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's one of the the world's second largest coffee. I mean chocolate um, factories in the world wow. um, but A lot of cacao trees um, are planted with Coffee trees. Um, and so that's why there's a lot of chocolate notes in coffee because yeah. there's a lot of similar, that ecosystem is just all kind of together. And so, um, you know, without going into a ton of detail, I had a lot of help from coffee farmers and roasters mm-hmm. in Brazil that helped me curate kind of the structure of what solid. And how we got to sourcing direct from seven farms around the world. Okay. Um, the questions again at the time we didn't have a cafe, so it was wholesale, private label. So the questions were, uh, or or the 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 ideals were, you need you needed to source from a farm that can produce sustainable, uh, cons- consistent harvests, because trying to sell wholesale, you need. To be able to sell more consistently, and you're not going to be able to sell to their end user. Yeah. So, trying to tell a story twice about details of a coffee is going to be more challenging. So, source from a medium to large farm as opposed to micro lots. If I'm constantly changing out the next best coffee, which may be a little bit better coffee, maybe, maybe not, um, but I constantly have to communicate that to my wholesale customer, then they have to repackage that and then tell it to their customer. There's going to be lost in communication now. So the advice was to source from these types of farms and to offer um, a variety from the most common producing regions, so Africa, Central South America, and we chose Indonesia. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of were able to run the gamut to have the whole thing. So um, that's a long way around to say that I I love the variety in our coffee. I, you know, I tell everyone that it comes on wholesale. You know, no one should like all our coffees. If if you try, not maybe like is not the right word, but just go with it for now. If you like all every single coffee, then mm-hmm. you have a dead taste bud. Because we have everything on the Indonesia side, which is darker, earthy, smoky, quality yeah. to you know lighter on Ethiopia, which is floral, citrus, and to to the. Non-trained coffee palate—it tastes sour or you know bitter or whatever on this side. Yeah. Um, so, but there's there's goodness and there's a ton of quality in the different things, just depending on your palate and what you're looking for and what you're experiencing. So, a huge part of that is education. Yeah. Um, Ethiopia is supposed to taste like that. Tanzania is supposed to taste like that. Brazil's supposed to taste. You know. um, so. I like I like trying new coffees. Uh, I think I've tried a lot of. I mean, I have personal my personal favorite palette as in terms of what I can drink every day is probably more towards kind of uh, a medium, medium roast, kind of a normal. Being a Starbucks guy from for yeah. many many years, um, but I definitely can enjoy um, a great Kenyan pour over. Ethiopia or whatnot, an African mm. bean. But it's, it wouldn't be my to go you know, or go to everyday coffee. Yeah, um, I'm fine with uh, our battery. Our battery is amazing. I'm fine with mm. I actually like our battery. Very smooth. I'm more of a guy that cares about efficiency. If I have to sit there and wait for my coffee for 12 minutes, it, <laughs> it better be really good. Um, yeah, some people do. Some people wait for it. It's great. Um, and then because I'm not a huge milk drinker, I do drink our you know, our espresso milk-based based drinks, but um, I, I don't drink a ton. I mean, I can drink five cups of batch brew, but, you
0: know, one or two cappuccinos a day. So. That's awesome. What what would you like to see in the change in the coffee culture or coffee industry? Um... I,
1: I think um, I think it's progressing. You know, we we owe it to the Starbucks of the world that have, um, in some ways, commoditized coffee. In terms, at least on that pricing range, people are willing to pay three, four, five, six dollars for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, And they've because of their just presence around the world. they've made coffee just more accessible and more put it on the map in terms of uh, accessible to more of the everyday person um i think the specialty coffee shops that pop up near or around starbucks i think give um, the more discerning palate uh, options to experience different and i don't say better in a negative way but different and better coffees okay um you know, as a large corporation, you can only do so much in terms of really fine-tuning small things. Uh, you can do really large things really well. And, and I think Starbucks is trying. They're trying with so their reserve coffees, with their reserve lines. Um, but it's really the specialty coffee shops that could really push the envelope and get a bag of really unique coffee and serve it on bar and someone can enjoy it and, and taste it. Can you charge $15 for that? Maybe in New York, not in LA. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, some people may try. <laughs> um, but I think specialty coffee, it's its like any other kind of industry where you have retailers, big box retailers like Walmart that do, group, you know, Walmart things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the mom and pop shoe repair store that does what they do really well. Um, so I think at the end of the day, we try and find a good balance of staying within our lane and doing what we do really well. We don't have a business plan that dictates us solid trying to open up a hundred stores in five years. That's not, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually don't even have any lofty expansion plan goals. Mm-hmm. We are we're different in the mindset of we're not trying to build a coffee empire we're trying to build people platform yeah. and if this people platform grows and there's a need or demand for it and it can sustain itself then we're more than happy to, to grow it in that, for that purpose yeah. but just to bring specialty coffee to another city that may not have it and to dump money in that we're not going to dump it just because coffee's missing there Hmm. but if there's a need for a platform of people, for people, then we we would want to look
0: at that first. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, can you describe to us some, some of the coffees you guys have and maybe some special drinks you guys have on, yeah. on the bar? Yeah, um, so we,
1: we source from farms in Ethiopia, Tanzania, which is on hold right now, harvest-wise. Um, so that's in Africa. Uh, we actually do have a Rwanda in um, from a farm in Rwanda, direct. And then we have Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, in Chiapas region. Uh, that's a family farm that is uh, that we have a direct relationship with. Um, Guatemala, and then Indonesia, and then our decaf is our Colombia, um, done through a Swiss water process, okay. um, we're not huge fans at all of decaf, but humans are, and so <laughs> other <laughs> humans are, so we want to respect that, um, and if people didn't know, regular decaf is processed with formaldehyde, or formaldehyde in there, so it's not really that great for you. Uh, Swiss water is literally just a pure water decaffeination process, okay. um, so it's uh, much better for people with no chemicals involved. Um, so that's a little bit about our decaf. Um, so those are the regions um, that we have, and yeah, our cold brew, We we spent almost 200 hours of time combined effort between sourcing, roasting, brewing, cold brew to kind of get our cold brew recipe, which mm. we believe is some of the best in the industry. Um, and it's our Brazil bean. We have a special roast recipe and special brew and filtration in our water. So, nice. um, that's our Brazil. And... But other than that, like our, we, we offer um, a good handful of our, tea, our um, coffees for you all to try and then right now in our espresso bar I think we have our Guatemala which is a really nice um, sweet finish pairs well with milk mm-hmm. um, our most popular drink here is our vanilla bean latte okay um, part of our cafe operations and our what we wanted to do is we wanted to in in the vein of doing everything with excellence we wanted to sh- show that in all of our products and so obviously the coffee we're sourcing and roasting all in-house, um, but even all our syrups we make all our syrups scratch in-house so even our simple syrup is made with turbinado sugar um, our vanilla bean we, we uh, make our own vanilla bean well, we don't make the actual vanilla beans um, <laughs> but we use Vanilla beans, and we steep the vanilla beans, and, and okay. we make our own vanilla bean syrup, which um, uh, is very, very smooth. Um, and we make our own dark chocolate ganache with Calibo, um dark chocolate, for Belgium chocolate, very high-end chocolate. Wow! So we make our own ganache. So we literally have a huge block of chocolate that we cut down, yeah. you know, and we steep that, and we mix it with cream, and, and all that. We make our own ganache. That's so awesome. our dark. Dark chocolate mocha is uh, made from scratch, and then we have a special sparkling lemonade that we make. And so we make our own lemon syrup, uh, freshly squeezed lemons, the zest, mint, all that, um, sparkling water. So all of our syrups are made from scratch. Nice. Uh, so there's there's care in in everything that we we do uh, from for our drinks, and so that's kind of where. Uh, people see the value. We, we can only charge so much for a drink. You know The market is probably not gonna support an $8 latte. Yeah. Um, and some people think that we may be on the higher side of the spectrum. Um, but again, we're, we don't have the economies of scale of Starbucks. Um, but we do put passion and care into every, literally every ounce of drink that we serve from the coffee to our milk. Our milk, uh, I mean, short of buying a cow and milking, you know, in the kitchen, um, we, you know, all our milk is very expensive, you know, yeah. uh, high-grade, organic, non-GMO milk, whole milk, um, and so just the quality of the things that we do purchase and we do make, that's kind of where we want to shine.
0: That's awesome. like, You
1: don't see any, purchased syrup bottles here. Um, that's just kind of, that's the decision that we made early on is, uh, it's gonna cost a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, it, it, I mean, the ingredients cost more and it takes us time to make syrups. As yeah. opposed to just buying Terrini or you know Monin and just serving it. Um, I think at the end of the day, that may not be for some people, but for the people who actually care about quality, we're the perfect topic.
0: That's awesome. Two last questions. What What made you decide LA over, over other cities, and what advice would you give um, to somebody that's trying to create a coffee shop or go into small business? Uh, well, we didn't... LA was because I live
1: in LA. I, okay, I that live makes here. sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> easy to answer that one. Um, LA, our, so maybe more specifically our city, um, like I mentioned before, this particular city, Cerritos Artesia, if you look on the map, we're pretty much halfway between Orange County and downtown LA. Okay. Uh, we're closer to Long Beach, maybe 15 minutes from Long Beach. Um, There's a good coffee emerging coffee scene in, in Long Beach. Um, there by the water. But where Cerritos is, is very really unique. We're, by being in the center, we're 20, 30 minutes from Orange County and downtown LA. We have about five freeways that intersect our city. Um, and so it's really a great intersection and a hub. Yeah. And so Cerritos over the last two years has really been transforming and emerging as um, a central place, a destination spot for food. Um, so, almost every strip mall or restaurant mall area has mm-hmm. been renovated um, and is bringing in new food concepts um, constantly. Just because the attraction to um, the this, this central area, um, and Cerrito Sartija is one of the more diverse cities per cap per square mile. Yeah. Um, Every possible race, socioeconomic um, faction is pretty much in this square five mile radius. Um, so, diversity is a huge part, I think, of what attracts a lot of people to this area. You can come here and have everything from Indian food to Japanese to Korean to Mexican to like all within walking distance. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all very good. So, I think that's, that speaks into the area. Uh, what was the other question? Uh, what uh,
0: What advice would you give uh, someone with a small business? My knee-jerk reaction would be,
1: don't do it. <laughs> um, but I think opportunity is, uh, it really depends on the opportunity. I think if you're trying really hard to push and force a passion Mm-hmm. That there isn't an opportunity for, yeah. it's just going to be much more of a struggle. Um, I think if you're trying to earn a, if you're trying to earn a living, um, doing a small business, um, the numbers have to make sense. You have to be able to support a family if you have a family. Obviously, yeah. if you're single and you can live off of less than maybe you can work starting mm-hmm. off and you know boot, bootstrapping it. Yeah. Um, so, it just depends on the life stage of the owner operator. Yeah. Owner-operator. yeah. Um, so, I think making it make sense in the real world uh, would be my advice. Um, I know a lot of people say just pursue your passion. Um, I think that leads to a lot of failure um, and disappointment. Yeah. And, and ultimately, that hurts. I don't want to say hurts, but it, it affects. Broad range of people—not only the operator, but the customers, um, the employees—that you you know aren't able to support, and you know there's a lot of transition. And, um, and I get it; that's all part of life. And so and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, but w- what I would suggest for any aspiring entrepreneur or business owner is go work for a company. Um, if you're passionate about coffee, go work for a great coffee company. The moment you start your own coffee company, you actually aren't about the coffee anymore. You're about the business. You're about paying the rent, keeping the lights on, paying your staff, payroll, cost of goods. Yeah. I mean, It's it's gonna be really hard to just be about coffee, otherwise your business is gonna fail. You can have great coffee, but no one comes in or you can't pay anyone, you're gonna close up shop. And then you're gonna pivot and move it to your garage. And you have a backyard coffee shop maybe (laughs) um so i think uh, people just need to be really clear on if they want to be in business then pursue a business that makes sense it almost doesn't make doesn't matter what it is it could be tea coffee um selling pencils it it doesn't matter but be about business but if you're about coffee go to a great coffee company yeah and work for them because at the end of the day you're, you're everyone's Thinks it's great being an entrepreneur. Uh, it, it can be, but it's, it's just—it's not meant for everyone. Um, so I'd say put in the hard work, put in the the time to learn, um, and then if you want to get into business, I, that's why I don't say coffee shop. If you want to get into business, get into business. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest, our cafe operations—we're a milk company. We. We go through 100, 200 gallons of milk a week, more than coffee. Jeez. I mean, so we're we're more of a milk company than a coffee company. <laughs> if you think in terms of a cost, of, you know what we're producing. Every cup of a latte is, you know, two ounces or however many ounces of espresso. The rest yeah. is milk. So that's
0: funny.
1: Um, and I know, you know other coffee shops are like, ah, uh, that's, that's a horrible thing to say. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I almost should be a farmer, you know, with cows and selling milk and then just sell coffee within that as opposed to be a coffee shop buying milk, right? Um, but I mean, if people, if, if anything, you people that hear this and get to know me, um, I do care about the coffee. I do care about the operations. At the heart, I'm, my experience has been in manufacturing and production. Um, my. My mind, because I'm more of a business, I'm a businessman, I'm a business guy, I own several other companies, and so the way my mind works is you can't help others, you can't benefit others unless you actually make it profitable to do that. Yeah. You can't give away what you don't have. So if you don't have the money to invest in the coffee and the people and all that, then it's all a moot point, so its it's all not going to work. If you can't make money, yeah, and it's not it's not coming from a um, greedy standpoint at all. Again, so that's why I feel like I can say it with confidence because we're not taking a dollar out of here. Is we have to make money, not for our pockets, but to do good, to do good for our people, to do good for our our customers, to do good for our farmers. We have to make money so that we can do that. Yeah. So it has to make sense. So. If you're gonna start a business, make sure it makes sense business-wise first before you even spend all the time trying
0: to get trained in coffee. Yeah, solid point. <laughs> um, how could how could people like connect with you or see what you guys are doing or find your location and whatnot? So yeah, we
1: um, we were very fortunate to get the uh, social media handle at solid coffee nice I don't know why that wasn't taken um, and you know the name just came from uh, that's a solid cup of coffee or yeah. do me a solid like like something that is uh, positive positive. Um, and I think thinking about it in the past we, we didn't have a ton of thought into it but and we're not calling ourselves the most excellent coffee in the world.com yeah um, but it's a solid cup of coffee I think people that yeah. leave um, is there always better coffee? There's absolutely always better coffee somewhere else. So we're we're humble enough, and we'll never be never be arrogant to say that we have the best coffee. Yeah. Um, there's always a better coffee. There's always someone that's doing something that's great and amazing, and we love that. We honor that. That's we recognize that's fine. Um, but. We wanna make sure that what we do is we do with excellence and everything that we do is like, that's solid. That's a solid cup of coffee, that's that's solid service. Um, We're not lacking in those areas. And that's kind of the the valley that we wanna get across. So you can find us on um, pretty much anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is at Solid Coffee. Our website is solidcoffeeroasters.com. And we're located here in Artesia, in the corner of south and Norwalk. Cool, we're actually opening up uh, a coffee window in Santa Ana. Uh, that should be in a month or so. Wow. Um, and there's some other locations that are budding that we're, we're looking into as well.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you for being on the Low Key Podcast and right. taking time out of your day, your busy schedule, to hang no out problem. and talk to us. So. No problem. Thanks. I hope the audience comes and checks out solid. So. Great. Thank you. I'll see you later. Cool. Thanks again for listening to the Low-Key Podcast. I want to thank Daniel Kim from Solid Coffee Roasters for being on the Low-Key Podcast. If you're ever in the Los Angeles Artesia area, go to Solid Coffee Roasters and get a cup of coffee. Now, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, go rate and review us. Also, if you're not a subscriber and you listen to the podcast, go subscribe to us on iTunes. So, guys, thanks, for, thanks again for listening to the Low-Key Podcast. Keep it nice. Keep it easy. Keep it low-key.